Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I am so happy and grateful to have Kate with us today, who is a number one best-selling and international award-winning author, speaker, and mindset strategist. She's the creator of the Inspired Impact book series, which has published five number one international best-selling books and over 200 best-selling authors. The goal of her publishing and coaching programs is to provide the vehicle for people to bring their gifts to the world and fulfill their dreams. Kate, welcome and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm I'm so excited to talk to you because as someone who elevates people to really experiencing and fulfilling their dreams, I think it's such an important thing to really look at right now because in the time of this recording, it's April 29th of 2020, right in the middle of the Corona COVID crisis pandemic. So many of us are locked down, sheltering in place, so many disruptions going on. There are a lot of dark clouds out there. People are struggling. And for many of them, even getting to their dreams might seem like such a far off place because they feel like they just got slapped back five steps. You know, how does that person begin to navigate through that and get back onto that path of their dreams? Or maybe it's for the first time they really begin discovering that path. Yeah, well, that's a really good point too, right? Um, this could be the space and the time um, that someone didn't have before uh, to get grounded and be open and aware to their dreams. Um, so that's a, that's a beautiful perspective that you had there at the end. But, um, you know, this is such an unexpected time for all of us. I think the first thing um, is allowing yourself permission to experience the feelings that you're feeling, that you're feeling, right? Um, You know, when this all, you know, first happened, I had two little girls, um, you know, and, you know, all of a sudden our family was at home. My husband was here all the time working from home. The children were were not in school anymore. And my business completely shifted in the way that we do things. Um, And everyone was experiencing all new feelings because this was nothing any of us had ever gone through before. So the first thing we had to do was, allow ourselves the process of going through those feelings. And then it got to a point, you know, where, um, you know, my husband and I had a discussion and I said, you know, at this point we have to make a choice, right? Do we, do we want to continue to subscribe to these dark clouds, you know, what's going on in the news, the conversations of fear, you know, or do we want to be aware of what is going on, but then also choose internally how we are, um, approaching, how we are grounding into our energy, how we are choosing our thoughts to move forward, right? So I think that there is a level of choice in this um, that everyone can remember. Um, and that was that's the initial thing that started to help me navigate out of that really fearful place that I was originally in. I think that's so refreshing to hear you say that because I think a lot of times people think that the person on the other side, they must have it all figured out. They must have it all together. But it's, it's, it echoes that point. This is a human experience, right? And all humans going mm-hmm. through that. You and your husband being a team. So a lot of people are in that dynamic, right? Where their partners are at home too. How do the two of you support one another in subscribing to a different reality and making different choices to support the choices that you're making through this? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I will say that it's, it's still evolving, um, mm. you know, but, but some of these uh, choices that, you know, we make is watching each other's dialogue and language, um, you know, and so when we are talking of the future, right, of our dreams, of goals that we had, you know, in the beginning, it was like, okay, well, that's not going to happen, or that's put on hold, or that's going to be canceled, right? And just really allow, you know, again, in the beginning, you know, uh, nobody knew what was going to happen, right? Now I choose um, to believe that uh, the world is going to come together for its highest and best and that we are all going to come out of this uh, a better version of ourselves if we choose that. And so with that top of mind for us, we, you know, kind of have a checks and balance with our, with each other's dialogues of it might not be now, but it will still happen. It's not canceled. It's just postponed. Mm. Um, you know, we can mm. still do things on a daily basis to work towards these things, even if it looks different than we originally thought going into it. Right. So you're just kind of like this reframing and supporting each other through this, um, it really is so helpful. And we all, we also, my husband and I have um, outside influences, if you will, that, that help support that mindset as well, right? So for me specifically, you know, I have mastermind groups that I'm a part of and, you know, even my client calls, right? When we're all coming together on these Zoom calls um, and sharing experiences and really supporting one another, you know, all of this uh, connection with like-minded people who are, um, looking towards the future in the same way has been so extremely helpful mm -hmm. during this time. I never realized quite how valuable your outside influence is on you until this has occurred. Yeah, that's so true. Your client calls you mentioned as a business owner, have they changed in the way you approach it? Because I imagine as someone who's supporting people on their dreams, but just like you, and I love that you said that it's not canceled, it's postponed. And so some of our dreams may be postponed just a little bit now. The timeline may be pushed a little bit out. Has that evolved and how has it evolved? And, and to piggyback off of that, how do you find that during this time, those little extra touches with your clients are, are a little more meaningful? Um, so gosh, I'll try not to get emotional on this. So um. So what I do is I have a book series um, as part of my business is, uh, is uh, helping people publish their stories and get their message out to the world. And one of the ways I do that is through the Inspired Impact book series, which is collaboration books. So a lot of the people that I work with are authors, first time authors um, that want to become bestsellers. Uh, these are the people I was referring to. And I am saying that to share that I am so proud of of these authors of these people because when this happened uh, i didn't know what the next steps were going to be none of i didn't have the answers you know um so coming to these client calls i was with everyone else saying i'm not exactly sure how this is going to unfold i'm not exactly sure what is next for our project um for the first time i i can tell you that th what where we started right it's not going to end up being the same as we thought it would be mm -hmm. um and i didn't know what the response was going to be from people and i can tell you that at, we have a new book coming out women who rise in, in May. Um, and every single author in that book said, 
It may have changed, but now is the time more than ever. They have stepped up to the plate more than ever. They have connected with each other on a deeper level and with me. Um, they have strengthened their message. They have dug in deeper than ever before. I am blown away. And that's why I mentioned them as part of these outside influences that have really kept me going during this time because the way that they have responded to this by saying, I must rise up at this time to get my message out to the world because my message I know will bring hope. That's the reason they chose to do this in the beginning and it's, it's more important now yeah. than ever before. So I am just blown away by the responses of the people that, um, you know, I have chosen to, to surround myself with, but lucky me. Lucky me that I get to be around these people. You know, I think it's such a, what a beautiful notion too, for people to rise and get their message out to the world. And I feel like <clears throat> right now, many people may be suffering because they're not suffering just because of economic fallout, or they're not suffering just because of what's going on with Corona, COVID, but they're suffering because they feel that they have a message in their heart. And they, and I think one of the opportunities during this time is maybe it's nudging people a little bit more towards, I think, you know, one of the gifts that can come in the face of loss is to have the, the gift of being able to confront our mortality and realize that, you know, everything that we knew as it was may not be how it will be tomorrow. We, we talk about it in, in normal times, but it seems cliche, right? Well, now it's that, you know, for God's sake, there wasn't enough toilet paper to sustain populations for a while. So if that's going bad, you know that the world can change like this. Sure. So those people who are really, in, who are connecting to that feeling right now, who are becoming aware that they have this message, that they're no longer willing to sit and suffer in silence, suffering because they're living a life that is bearing their message and settling for something less. How do, what is the best place? What is the best modality for those people to start to get that message out there? Uh, so I really believe that uh, the best place to start um, is truly in self-reflection and what I do as a morning routine, but it can be any time of day to really get clear on what your message is um, in your heart and in your soul. So uh, my, my part of what I do for business is I help people write their story and also speak their story. Um, but before we could even get to that point, it really has to start with a very pure intention of why is it that you feel so strongly about getting this message out to the world? Um, because that why and that intention, I believe, is what is going to carry through in every book, in every chapter, in every word, and on every stage, in every interview. Um, I believe it really all starts there. And every conversation I have with a potential client, um, the first question I ask them is, "Why? Are, what is your intention for wanting to share your message with the world?" It's it's that that has to be the beginning for me. Um, and so, if your message is a message that can help inspire someone, heal someone, help someone in some way, that's someone that I really would love the opportunity to partner with. And what we do is we help people write their story in the way of a chapter. Um, and we provide them a vehicle of a book um, to get their message out to the masses. And, you know, the book can be used um, in a variety of different ways um, to really connect with that person who is wanting to hear your message, you know, and sometimes that's one person 
right? I have a lot of people that just say, if I hear from one person that this story changed their life, then I'll know that I didn't do this in vain, right? Um, and so these are some of the ways um, that, that you can uh, put your message out to the world. And I was speaking with somebody during this time specifically, and they said, uh, what came out of the conversation was, I said, do you realize that one of the reasons that prevented you from us working together in the past was she was commuting to work, you know, she worked in corporate um, and there was, a, you know, she was busy. Um, there was, there wasn't the bandwidth for it. And what came out of that conversation was the time that she used to commute to work. If she used that time currently to write, she'd write her book by the time this was all over. Mm -hmm. um, and that will now happen for her. So I just thought that was so cool. You know, yeah, like yeah. that is definitely finding the light in, in those dark clouds, right? It's not um, the way that we thought it would be right now. No one expected this to happen, but there is opportunity in this if we have the courage to look at it that way. Where do people look for the opportunity? You know, where, where, uh, because I, I'm totally with you and I 100% believe it. How do people, you know, maybe there's two parts to this question. How do people who may not have ever considered looking for the opportunity right now, especially because if you tune into anything out there, it'll tell you that there's not so much. And then how do they find the courage to do that? Is that going back to the why? Is that going back to what does that look like for people? I, I actually think that's probably the simplest question that we've, we've talked about so far. Um, for me, it really is just a simple, of, a simple thing of how do, how do you feel? How does that thought make you feel? Mm. If I do not feel uplifted, if I do not feel inspired, if I do not feel that vibration of love, um, then I know that that thought is not for the highest and best of me or anyone involved. Um, and so if that thought is making me feel depleted, um, lack of energy, fearful, sad, um, now again, in the beginning, I said, we can honor that we have waves of this, but if I am continuously subscribing to a fearful thought, um, or a negative thought, then I will feel that emotion in my body and I will, that will be my opportunity. That's how I find the opportunity to change that thought and therefore change my vibration and therefore change the way that I feel. You mentioned Kate a little bit ago, your morning routine. I would, would you be willing to expand on that for us just so we know? Because I think that having a morning routine could be so powerful for so many people. And I think that, you know, in the midst of disruption, we don't have to have our, all of our routines totally disrupted. And it might be the best time going back to finding the opportunities and finding the courage. It might be the best time to exercise the courage to carve out a morning routine for you now that can really empower you and moving forward. Absolutely. I, I would be so happy to. This is one of my uh, staple uh, success techniques, if you will, that truly is the building block of everything um, that, uh, that I have built in the publishing world and the coaching world and, uh, and the speaking world. Um, and you mentioned, you asked earlier how my husband and I support each other. Uh, this is one of the ways him uh, knowing how important this morning routine and ritual is to me and providing me the space for that. Um, I'm not going to paint a picture of anything that is not true. This morning routine used to happen at 5 a.m. Now it doesn't. I give myself the grace of a little bit more sleep now that I have the time. Um, so, you know, we can negotiate that a little bit, right? We can that's, you know, that's one of the lights for me is that I get a little bit more sleep right now without having um, the pressures of being somewhere at a certain time. Um, however, the, the ritual and the routine remains the same. And so 
the reason I used to wake up at 5 a.m. for this is because uh, it was so important to me to get this ritual in that I wanted to make sure that I had enough space and time for all of these rituals to be complete before my children would wake up. Because I knew once they woke up, that would be my priority until they got off to school. Um, and so when I wake up, um, I really uh, take a moment to thank God or you know higher power or whatever you believe in. The language um, is all the same to me. Um, and so whatever language works for you. But in my belief is that, you know, God did not forget to wake me up today. So I do not want to forget to thank him. Um, so that is where I begin my day. Um, but it's a little bit more than just thank you for waking up. You know, it is, uh, honoring how I wake up. Um, so I talk about miracles a lot in my business. And one of the, I'll just talk about a miracle blocker right now because it, it applies to a lot. Of okay. Thank you so much. Um, and so the way that we wake up is really important. Are we accepting our day? Are we rejecting our day? Are we saying thank you for our day? Are we saying, I'll see, you know, I'll get to you in a little bit. Um, and the way that we have this exchange in the morning with the way that we actually enter into our day can really set the energetic tone for all of the things to come. Am I open to receiving miracles, opportunity, and all that this day has to hold for me? Or am I going to get to it in a little bit and I'm putting it at arm? length and pushing it away. So just this kind of energy right off uh, the bat in the beginning of the day uh, can be a game changer for a lot of people. Um, and then with that, you know, just thank you that my body is working. Thank you that my legs can walk me to the bathroom. Thank you that I have running water. Thank you that I have warm water. Um, thank you that I have this roof over my head. Uh, thank you that I can smell coffee already or whatever it is. And this is all before I even walked to the steps to come downstairs to my home, right? To my kitchen um, and then begin the rest of my routine. So really getting deeply, deeply into this mindset of gratitude um, as the day begins. Um, and so that conversation or internal dialogue, if you will, will look different for everyone, but it's a very, very important uh, way for me to begin the day. Um, and then I'll sit down uh, with, uh, I have a Dare to Dream journal that I've actually created. Um, and in this uh, Dare to Dream journal, it's a you know kind of journal prompting and also a calendar. So it's my all-in-one go-to um, thing. And it will allow me to set an intention each day and write that out. Um, it will allow me to say what I am inviting in for the day, what I would like to attract today, how I want to feel today, um, my I am statements, which obviously are our most powerful statements in communication to the universe. Um, and that's my reminder each and every morning that the universe does not question what we ask for. It only matches it. Um, and so I really take uh, my, my journaling time very seriously every morning. And this whole process of journaling can take me anywhere from five to 10 minutes. Um, it doesn't have to be long, but it is important. And then I will go into a meditation um, and really allowing myself to reflect upon what I just wrote or just allowing myself to be in a mindful meditation to receive, um, you know, what, whatever uh, is uh, available for me uh, in that moment uh, with my connection to my higher power. Um, I am always inviting in mantras during my meditation and some of my favorites are I am open to all of the miracles that are available to me today. Um, that's actually one of my favorites. Um, so all of these things um, are my combined uh, 
make up my morning ritual. And um, part of the journaling process uh, is me allowing myself an opportunity to do some future visioning, right? Of write myself into the future. I'm writing myself six months into the future, or a year into the future, or five years into the future every single day. Um, and that one tool, like if there's any takeaway from this, um, that one piece of the morning ritual is for me the most powerful thing that I see that I do that translates later into reality for, mm. for what I see. So that is the routine. Thank you for sharing that. And you know, one thing you said in there about uh, acknowledging God woke you up. I've never heard that said before. It's so beautiful. I, I love that. And this whole thing you've laid out, it's so contradictory to what we hear as a stereotypical morning routine, which is alarm goes off, ugh, snooze, snooze as many times as we can each time with a ug or some other explicitive. And then it's dragging ourselves out of bed, dragging ourselves to the shower, you know, forcing ourselves out the door. Have you always been this way or was it something, has this been something that you've developed with time and you had to build up to and work on? Um, I'm so sorry. I think I paused for a moment. Um, can you repeat that last question? Yeah. So I was saying that, you know, the morning routine you just described, it sounds so contrary to the traditional way. And have you always been this way where you wake up and you have this routine or did you have to develop it over time? Was it something you had to work at? Was it, was it a, a almost like a jujitsu match that you had to wrestle with in your brain and to get you to do this? And because I, I'm just curious, Sarah, is this just always been how you've been? This, that is such a great question. Um, when I, I've always had this part of me, I, I will uh, be really transparent about that. Um, I was a, when I was a kid, um, and other kids were running out, you know, playing in the neighborhood. Um, I was going to the mailbox to check to see if we got circulars or flyers or magazines, um, so that I could cut out pictures to create my my dream book or what I would refer now to as like a vision book or something, you know, this was before nobody talked about vision boards or this was not common language, right? Or mainstream by any stretch of the imagination. But I have these books from when I was little um, and, and I just did this. This was part of who I was and what made sense in my mind of these were goals that I had or dreams that I had and I put them all together in one place. Um, when I went to college, I had vision boards up and taught everybody how to do them. Again, before right. anyone was really talking about. I didn't know, I didn't call it that. Um, and I didn't really know what I was teaching. It was just innate to me to do this. And I, I, it, it worked for me. So I wanted other people to, uh, be successful at it as well. Um, and so then, um, while I was in college, the book, the secret came out. Um, and so this was my first indication. Oh my gosh, there are other people that think like me. Wow. This is so cool. <laughs> I was loving it, right? Wow. And so I was like, this is so amazing. Um, and then fast forward to, um, you know, I was an adult, I was uh, running a successful business in corporate in the corporate sector. Um, and I was invited by one of my friends to attend a, a retreat. And this retreat was being hosted by Patty Aubrey and Teresa Huggins. Um, and it was Patty Aubrey's first retreat, women's retreat. Um, and I didn't know um, who Patty Aubrey was, which I know now is she's the business partner of Jack Canfield. Um, I didn't know also what, who Jack Canfield was by name at that point in time either. Even though I did read The Secret, oh. I didn't pick up his name out of that. Um, then when they said Chicken Soup for the Soul, I put two and two together. 
So I met Patty. Um, we had an instant connection, friendship, um, kindred spiritship, if you will, um, and kinship. And uh, then she later introduced me to Jack. And that world of that opening up into uh, not only understanding the way that I thought, the language that I used, my innate way of thinking, but having an opportunity to be taught how to put it into action allowed me more um, opening to take these thoughts and put them into something like a routine, a ritual, mm. um, something concrete. So that was my segue into a morning ritual and then a lot of other success tools that I currently do practice in my daily life. You know, I, I feel like there's an obvious answer for you, but I, I'm going to ask the question anyways. How important is languaging, language? And as an author, obviously, it's probably pretty important, but how important is language in just really creating our dream life? It is critical. It is absolutely critical. Um, you will hear my daughter correcting people. <laughs> really? How old is she? <laughs> She'll say, you can't say can't, or she won't say, she'll say, uh, you know, we don't use the word can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. She'll say, uh, you know, if they're talking in a term of negative or that'll never happen, she'll say we, we, that anything is possible. Like she will auto correct. She'll say, we don't, we don't use the word try. You either do or you don't. She'll say, That's <laughs> incredible. it goes on and on. And she started this answer your question. Um, at a very young age, she co-authored a book with me when she was five years old. Um, and she wrote that children's book. Like it was her idea in her head. She was five. So I typed it out obviously for her, but I asked her, is this what you mean? Is this what you want to say? Is this your story? It really is her story and her idea. Um, and so she grew up with this and as did my seven-year-old and Bella, who I was referring to is now 10. Um, and it has only increased, but it just goes to show you how important language yeah. is in our home. Um, and if, and I'm not perfect. Um, and so I will, you know, say things, um, you know, out of reaction. Sometimes I will watch and get in a streak and I'll watch the news just to be informed. And then I will have a, a language reaction to that. And my husband will correct me. He will say, mm -hmm. is that really what you mean to say? And then I will mm -hmm. tap in and say, no, you're right. That's not what I choose to put out there. Um, so it doesn't mean that just because language is critical that all of us are going to walk around like a robot saying all the right things at all the right times. But it does mean that if it's important to you, you'll figure out a way um, to make it a priority and uh, reframe as often as possible to really set the tone for the life that you desire. I love that. I love that she's doing it at five years old. Oh, it's, it's incredible. Amazing. It really is. I mean, I don't, I don't know that the children are necessarily responding, yeah, yeah. but it's incredible. Yeah. But she does. She That's so, cool. <laughs> that so cool. It's just, it's just the way it is for her. Yeah. Um, in fact, during this whole thing, you know, they're doing Google classroom online learning. And I said, your teacher reached out to me uh, yesterday and said, she's really proud of you for turning in all your assignments on time. And she said, and also for being really positive in the group, right? Because I bring a positive statement or a positive quote every morning to my Google meeting. And I'm like, you do? No <laughs> way. That's so awesome. <laughs> oh my God. That might be one of the coolest things I've heard. <laughs> so, it's important in our home. <laughs> that's awesome. 
Thank you. We only have we only have a minute left, and I thought I might ask you this as a final question. Would you be comfortable sharing what your why is and why your why is your why? Yes. Um, thank you. So my why is for all people in this world to recognize the God-given gifts that they have been given and to grace us with the gifts in this world, knowing that you are the only person that can bring that grace out to the world. Ways that I love to do that are through bringing this out in books and out in speaking. Um, but as long as the grace comes out in the world, nonetheless, I know that that is my why and that is my mission in life to help and show people how to do that. It's incredible. Everyone, my goodness, are you going to want to rewatch and take notes? There are so many little gems and nuggets of wisdom and information here from finding the silver linings and navigating through those clouds that remembering that even if there are clouds, which none of us expected during this time of year, their sun is still shining behind it. And the sun is ultimately where the opportunities may lie. I love the example that Kate shared of the one of the ladies she's collaborating with right now who once thought she couldn't write and contribute as an author in a book because she has a commute time. And now all of a sudden the commute time has been eclipsed and leaving her time to become the author, write her story, share her story. It might be something that you consider with yourself is that if you've given up time in other areas, you're furloughed, you're laid off, you're not commuting, whatever that is, how might you fill that time? Maybe it's a time that you can use to put your message out there, start compelling your, composing your message, or even take that very first step, which I love that Kate said about going within, you know, getting congruent with it, making sure it's coming from that place of, I think you said love, where it's that way, it's carrying that intention, everything you do, and then start to, start to honor that, that which has always been in your heart to put it out there. I love that she highlighted the language and it's something such an important lesson that we can all take away of and maybe even turn it into a game. You know, what if you and your family, your friends, whoever you might be sheltering in place with or Zooming with, or I think that's the term we're using now, work to eliminate one word from your vocabulary every day and swap it off with something else. Can't is no longer there. Or cancel, pause, you know, delayed instead of pause, how you said it. Or instead of canceled, we say pause or delayed. I love that distinction. And there's so many wonderful word choices that when Kate says it, you don't just think, aha, you feel it in your soul, which I felt many a times right now because the congruency is there and it's, it's such a deep truth. And it's a truth that we sometimes, I think, hypnotize ourselves out of and try to lie ourselves out of believing it. But when you hear it in this way and you really allow yourself to sit and be present to it, you can feel the truth in what she shared. Kate, this has been absolutely incredible. What a blessing this has been. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. We will see you next time, everybody, on another edition of A Handful of Hope. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to